section thirty seven of prison memoirs of an anarchist this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox prison memoirs of an anarchist by alexander berkman part two chapter thirty whitewashed again christmas eighteen ninety seven my dear carl i have been despairing of reaching you sabrosa but the holidays brought the usual transfers and at last my friend shrabi is with me dear carolus i am worn out with the misery of the months since you left and the many disappointments your official letters were not convincing i fail to understand why the plan is not practicable of course you can't write openly but you have means of giving a hint as to the impossibilities you speak of you say that i have become too estranged from the outside and so forth which may be true yet i think the matter chiefly concerns the inside and of that i am the best judge i do not see the force of your argument when you dwell upon the application at the next session of the pardon board you mean that the other plan would jeopardize the success of the legal attempt but there is not much hope of favorable action by the board you have talked all this over before but you seem to have a different view now why only in a very small measure do your letters replace in my life the heart-to-heart -heart talks we used to have here though they were only on paper but i am much interested in your activities it seems strange that you so long the companion of my silence should now be in the very niagara of life of our movement it gives me great satisfaction that your experience here has matured you and helped to strengthen and deepen your convictions it has had a similar effect upon me you know what a voluminous reader i am i have read in fact studied every volume in the library here and now the chaplain supplies me with books from his but whether it be philosophy travel or contemporary life that falls into my hands it invariably distills into my mind the falsity of dominant ideas and the beauty the inevitability of anarchism but i do not want to enlarge upon this subject now we can discuss it through official channels you know that tony and his nephew are here we are just getting acquainted he works in the shop but as he is also coffee-boy we have an opportunity to exchange notes it is fortunate that his identity is not known otherwise he would fall under special surveillance i have my eyes on tony he may prove valuable i am still in solitary with no prospect of relief you know the policy of the warden to use me as a scapegoat for everything that happens here it has become a mania with him think of it he blames me for johnny davis's cutting dutch he laid everything at my door when the legislative investigation took place it was a worse sham than the previous whitewash several members called to see me at the cell unofficially they said they got a hint of the evidence i was prepared to give and one of them suggested to me that it is not advisable for one in my position to antagonize the warden i replied that i was no toady he hinted that the authorities of the prison might help me to procure freedom if i would act discreetly i insisted that i wanted to be heard by the committee they departed promising to call me as a witness one senator remarked as he left you are too intelligent a man to be at large 
when the hearing opened several officers were the first to take the stand the testimony was not entirely favorable to the warden then mr sawhill was called you know him he is an independent sort of man with an eye upon the wardenship his evidence came like a bomb he charged the management with corruption and fraud and so forth the investigators took fright they closed the sessions and departed for harrisburg announcing through the press that they would visit moyaming sing footnote the eastern penitentiary of philadelphia pennsylvania and footnote and then returned to riverside but they did not return the report they submitted to the governor exonerated the warden the men were gloomy over the state of affairs a hundred prisoners were prepared to testify and much was expected from the committee i had all my facts on hand bob had fished out for me the bundle of material from its hiding-place it was in good condition in spite of the long soaking i am enclosing some new data in this letter for use in our book now that he is cleared the warden has grown even more arrogant and despotic yet some good the agitation in the press has accomplished clubbings are less frequent and the bull-ring is temporarily abolished but his hatred of me has grown venomous he holds us responsible together with dempsey and beatty for organizing the opposition to convict labor which has culminated in the mulebronner law it is to take effect on the first of the year the prison administration is very bitter because the statute which permits only thirty-five per cent of the inmates to be employed in productive labor will considerably minimize opportunities for graft but the men are rejoicing the terrible slavery in the shops has driven many to insanity and death the law is one of the rare instances of rational legislation its benefit to labor in general is nullified however by limiting convict competition only within the state the inspectors are already seeking a market for the prison products in other states while the convict manufacturers of new york ohio illinois etc are disposed of in pennsylvania the irony of beneficent legislation on the other hand the inmates need not suffer for lack of employment the new law allows the unlimited manufacture within the prison of products for local consumption if the wine of the management regarding the detrimental effect of idleness on the convict is sincere they could employ five times the population of the prison in the production of articles for our own needs at present all the requirements of the penitentiary are supplied from the outside the purchase of a farm following the example set by the workhouse would alone afford work for a considerable number of men i have suggested in a letter to the inspectors various methods of which every inmate of the institution could be employed among them the publication of a prison paper of course they have ignored me but what can you expect of a body of philanthropists who have the interest of the convict so much at heart that they delegated the president of the board george a kelly to oppose the parole bill a measure certainly along advanced lines of modern criminology owing to the influence of inspector kelly the bill was shelved at the last session of the legislature though the prisoners have been praying for it for years it has robbed the moneyless lifetimers of their last hope a clause in the parole bill held out to them the promise of release after twenty years of good behavior dark days are in store for the men 
apparently the campaign of the inspectors consists in forcing the repeal of the mulebronner law by raising the hue and cry of insanity and sickness they are actually causing both by keeping half the population locked up you know how quickly the solitary drives certain classes of prisoners insane especially the more ignorant element whose mental horizon is circumscribed by their personal troubles and pain speedily fall victims think of men who cannot even read put in communicado for months at a time for years even most of the colored prisoners and those accustomed to outdoor life such as farmers and the like quickly develop the germs of consumption in close confinement now this wilful murder for it is nothing else is absolutely unnecessary the yard is big and well protected by the thirty-foot wall with armed guards patrolling it why not give the unemployed men air and exercise since the management is determined to keep them idle i suggested the idea to the warden but he berated me for my habitual interference in matters that do not concern me i often wonder at the enigma of human nature there's the captain a man seventy-two years old he should bethink himself of death of meeting his maker since he pretends to believe in religion instead he is bending all his energies to increase insanity and disease among the convicts in order to force the repeal of the law that has lessened the flow of blood money it is almost beyond belief but you have yourself witnessed the effect of a brutal atmosphere among new officers wright has been warden for thirty years he has come to regard the prison as his undisputed dominion and now he is furious at the legislative curtailment of his absolute control this letter will remind you of our bulky notes in the good old days when k g was here i miss our correspondence there are some intelligent men on the range but they are not interested in the thoughts that seethe within me and call for expression just now the chief topic of local interest after of course the usual discussion of the grub women kids and their health and troubles is the spanish war and the new dining-room in which the shop employees are to be fed en masse out of chinaware think of it some of the men are tremendously patriotic others welcome the war as a sign cure affording easy money and plenty of excitement you remember young butch and his partners mirtha tommy etc they have recently been released too wasted and broken in health to be fit for manual labor all of them have signified their intention of joining the insurrection some are enrolling in the regular army for the war which is already in cuba i had a letter from him there is a passage in it that is tragically characteristic he refers to a skirmish he participated in we shot a lot of spaniards mostly from ambush he writes it was great sport it is the attitude of the military adventurer to whom a sacred cause like the cuban uprising unfortunately affords the opportunity to satisfy his lust for blood which was a very gentle boy when he entered the prison but he has witnessed much heartlessness and cruelty during his term of three years letter growing rather long good night end of section thirty seven